Hello, Syngap Land. My name is Michael Gralia, and this is episode 133 of Syngap 10, your 10-minute weekly briefing on everything you need to know about Syngap 1. I've actually already written the notes for episode 134, which will be a very thorough briefing. But in this episode, I want to just answer one question. One question that I've gotten from people, different people over time, but just recently I got it from an industry partner who was like, hey, we're working on this big blah, 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 and we want to be clear on what this illness is called. Should we say X or should we say Y? And I was like, oh my gosh, if our industry partners are struggling with this, we really need to talk about this. And I've <clears throat> had this meeting so many times, I'm going to put it out here in a podcast so I can refer back to it, but also so you can refer back to it. Because this is actually more important than you think. Right? When you were diagnosed and you call your, your, your parents, your whatever, your whomever, and you tell them, oh, I figured out what's wrong with little whomever, they've got Syngap 1. That is actually not correct. We've all got Syngap 1. We've all got one copy of Syngap 1, which is a gene from mom, and one copy of Syngap 1, which is a gene from dad, right? And both of those copies work, and so we get to have functioning synapses. Now, if one of those copies has a mutation or a variant, and it doesn't work, then we have not enough Syngap 1, and then we are sick. If you don't, if you both of copies were broken, both alleles were broken, you would have, you would be dead. No Syngap is incompatible with life. Both alleles is compatible with life. One allele, one functioning copy of the gene, you're sick, right? Our kids are sick because they only have one copy. But what is this, what is this illness that is a result of this call? And we're like, well, Mike, you know, it's always been called the same thing. It's always been called, hmm, what has it always been called? Well, if you go back to the beginning, it used to be called MRD5 for mental retardation number five. And now we call it, now they, they've changed that because that R word is so horrific. So now it's called intellectual disability type five. A little bit of whitewashing there, right? This is the old name, MRD5. You'll see it on some websites. I put a link in the show notes to where it's referenced. That's obviously not the right thing. Well, what about um, non Well, what did they call it when they started finding more and more patients? Well, then we called it non-syndromic intellectual disability. This is per hand in 2011, links in the show notes. This is a pretty good name, non-syndromic intellectual disability. And this gets us to the syndrome disease question. So I will interrupt myself to give you the syndrome disease lecture. And, I'm, and when I was getting worked up about this, I was like, somebody has to have already thought about this. And of course, in, 20, in 2003, Cavallo wrote a published paper, which I cite in the show notes, to talk about syndrome versus disease. And I quote Cavallo because he says it better than I ever could. A syndrome is a recognizable complex of symptoms and physical findings which indicate a specific condition for which a direct cause is not necessarily understood. Rett syndrome, Dravet syndrome, Angelman syndrome, these were syndromes that were identified in, in groups of patients before we know what was causing it. All these Dravet kids, Dr. Dravet said, had early severe seizures. And she coined the term, she described the syndrome. So it's called Dravet syndrome. All these patients have the hand flapping and the same kind of other constraints. Dr. Rett said, and we had Rett syndrome. All these little kids are angels, but they have these challenges. Angelman syndrome, right? But we didn't know what caused it. We didn't know SCM1A caused Dravet. We didn't know MECP2 caused RET. And we didn't know UBA, I can never remember the gene for Angelman, but there is one now. Point being, a syndrome is when you don't know the cause. Cavallo continues, once medical science identifies a causative agent or process with a fairly high degree of certainty, physicians may then refer to the process as a disease, not a syndrome. 
So we are definitely a disease. Back to Hamden, 2011. In his paper titled Non-Syndromic Intellectual Disability, he was making the point. He's like, hey guys, all these patients have intellectual disability. We know the cause. It's Syngap-1. So it's non-syndromic. Good job, Hamden. Hamden. And then Killink in 2011, same year, wrote a paper and he described Syngap-1 as a NDD, a neurodevelopmental disorder. Close, but not quite. Let's go down this rabbit hole. NDD versus DEE. And here I, I Googled this and I found a nice quote from um, in an article about somebody finding another disease. But credible publication really summed it up. Neurodevelopmental disorders encompass highly prevalent conditions such as autism and epilepsy with cognitive disabilities alone affecting 1% to 3% of the global population. Listen. Developmental epileptic encephalopathies, DEE, are NDD characterized by epilepsy and delayed development or loss of developmental skills. Yada, yada, yada. Point being, to call us an NDD is insufficient. It is too broad. No offense, Killink. We are actually a DEE, which is a kind of NDD. NDD, neurodevelopmental disorders. There are people out there with intellectual delays who have no seizures. But the vast majority of Syngapians have or will develop, unfortunately, seizures. Or having a bunch of seizures that no one's caught because they're absent. Separate lecture. So I think of us as a DEE, right? Now, just to mix things up and confuse the hell out of everybody, in 2015, Parker wrote a paper called De Novo Heterogeneous Loss of Function Mutations in Syncap 1 Cause a Syndromic Form of Intellectual Disability. What? Why did he use that word? I, I honestly don't understand. I do suspect that uh, Hamden's in the UK. And I've noticed a, 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 the Europeans are really fond of this syndrome word. Oh, we found a disease and they all look and feel the same, so it's a syndrome. Right? They obviously missed the Cavallo paper in 2003. But it, it really muddies the water that Hamden put this word syndromic into the title of a paper. And I will argue respectfully, because Hamden's way smarter than I am, this is wrong. We are a disease, not a syndrome. Vlaskamp, 2019. Last author, Ingrid Schaeffer, one of the queens. Syngap 1 DEE. Boom, name of the paper. There you go. Nailed it. We are developmental and epileptic encephalopathy. That's the paper to point to. Syngap 1 DEE. Pretty strong name. I like that one. I feel like we're getting there. Now, what happened in parallel to this in, tw in 2000, um, I've skipped the ICD stuff, but I'll get, I'll get back to that. In, in, in 2021, we got an ICD-10 code. And what happened with the ICD-10 code, and that was a big deal, I've already given this lecture, um, go watch the YouTube about it, is that the Center for Disease Control of, of the United States government issued the ICD code F78.A1 attached to the term Syngap-1 Related Intellectual Disability, SRID. And given that this is now a formal government statement and not entirely wrong, and they avoided the disease syndrome problem and they didn't mention DEE, they just said Syngap-1 Related Intellectual Disability. That is a term people have started using. And you see that the team from Hopkins, um, Dr. Humanier, Dr. Smith-Hicks, Iraqi, all these people have started using SRID in their papers. 
So we had we sort of had Syngap 1 DE from the Vlast camp coming in, and then with the, with the ICD-10, we had Syngap 1 related intellectual disability, and the Hopkins team is running with that. And then you go over to CHOP, who's doing a ton of work, and they just talk about Syngap 1 related disorders. A little broader than intellectual disability. Why, why would they do that? Well, well, the, the, the Syngap 1 related intellectual disability is slightly is more problematic than it, is, than it seems. And by the way, we didn't ask for that when we went and asked for the ICD-10. We asked, if you go to the original proposal, which came from Dr. Hans Schlecht, who was working with SRF at the time, we asked for Syngap-1 epileptic encephalopathy, which paid homage to the Vlaskamp paper because encephalopathy just means your brain has a, a dysfunction in it, right? Very safe, very accurate. Some of our kids have ID. Some of our kids have mild ID, known as intellectual delay. Like technically, some of our patients don't have intellectual disability. They do have seizures. They do have Syngap-1 haploinsufficiency, but they're not technically intellectually disabled. Similarly, we have patients who have severe intellectual disability, but haven't been diagnosed with seizures yet. This is very tricky. This is very tricky. So even though it looks like CHOP is kind of ducking the bullet with their Syngap-1 related disorders, I actually really like the Syngap-1 related disorders. And I like it for two reasons. A, it ducks this bullet of are we an intellectual disability or are we an epileptic encephalopathy? Or are we both? Who knows? We're just Syngap-1 related disorders. But I'll tell you why I really like the CHOP answer is because, and here's a whole new thought for you. I'm sneaking this in. These monogenic disorders are not monolithic. These monogenic disorders are not monolithic. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. We all have loved ones who are sick because they have a mutation in Syngap-1. But this does not mean that they all have the same disease. I see this in the humans. I see kids with very different um, phenotypes, very different presentations. And increasingly, I'm starting to see um, data where people are looking at cell lines of missense patients versus protein truncating, of intronic mutants versus stop codon. I'm starting to see a lot of different in vitro data, stuff they've done in, in the dish. And I know a lot of humans who it's really hard to say, yeah, they have the same disease. They're on different drugs. They have different symptoms. They require different care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Syngap-1 related disorders is smart, not just because it ducks this ID epilepsy problem, but it leaves the door open for Syngap-1 to develop subtypes in the future. Syngap-1 intellectual disability disorder. Syngap-1 severe seizure disorder. Syngap-1 who knows? How many patients haven't we found because we're not looking at them and saying, ooh, test for, sing test for genetic cause? I really like Syngap-1-related disorders. And, but hey, this, the plot thickens. The plot thickens. We just got an ICD-11 code because of our incredibly precocious championing of this to the WHO. Why did we do this? Just from a preponderance of vision and time on our hands? Absolutely not. We did this because we banged our head against the wall until it was bloody getting an ICD-10 code out of the CDC. And I, and I will remind you that I think the CDC is being quasi-criminal in how hard they're making groups like ours work to get these codes. And we said to ourselves, self, we cannot do this again. So the way to not have to do this for ICD-11 when the U.S. adopts the ICD-11 is to go to the WHO who writes the ICD-11 
before the U.S. adopts it and get ourselves there. Also, by getting ourselves in the ICD-11, we are going to get into every country on earth as every country on earth adopts the ICD-11, but this is out of scope for this conversation. So very exciting we have an ICD-11 code, but back to my thought that the Europeans really like this word syndrome. What did the ICD-11 committee at the WHO call our illness? This is, this hurts me even to say it. Syngap-1 syndrome. I just, I can't, I just can't. So the, the, the story's not over, people. We're going to be fighting this battle for a while. And anyone who's paying attention, and by the way, everything I just said in here, I put, I put a quote and a link to a paper. You can go read it. You can go check my work. Um, everyone who's paying attention should be mildly confused about what this illness is called. But if you want my vote today, because I reserve the right to change it because everything changes, we have a disease that is a DEE, a developmental and epileptic encephalopathy called Syngap-1-related disorders. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it until I change my mind. Thanks for listening. Hang in there. See you soon.